We all have people in our lives we really admire. The ones who make success look easy. The ones whose journeys of triumph inspire us to do more or become greater than we imagined possible. Ever wonder what the driving force behind their decisions was? And the subsequent actions that led to the huge leaps we now see and admire? Well, let's explore the powerful testimonies and lessons learned from leaders during their transformation journeys. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and you're listening to the Journey to Becoming podcast. Sit back, relax, and join me on this journey of discovery. Hi there. So after recording this episode uh, for season one, episode two, I realized that I shared something that was pretty heavy. I realized that the heaviness of the content actually triggered me. And so I wanted to add in this preface or this warning ahead of the actual episode content as a way to warn individuals ahead of time. And forgive me if this is not as smoothly edited. I'm still new at this, but I didn't want to just put this out there and have people unsuspectingly listen to this or not being prepared for the weight that this episode carries. That said, As a warning, the content that is shared in this particular episode uh, talks about abuse. So I would strongly advise that if you are listening to this in an open space at home, if you have little ones at home, to make sure that you have headphones on. Or if you're in an open space, this may not be the episode that you want to have on blast. So I am sharing that as a warning up front. The second warning is for those of you listening who may have experienced uh, childhood abuse or abuse in any capacity, this may trigger you. And the reason why I felt the need to share this is because, quite honestly, I was triggered after recording the episode and I'm the one who lived it. And I just want to provide some more context around what I mean by triggered. Similar to my process in in writing my book, I found myself having to write a chapter and then taking a break and then writing another chapter because much of the stuff that I've shared in the book was the first time that I was sharing it openly in public and in some cases uh, openly sharing and admitting to myself what took place. So in putting it out there on the podcast episode, this was now the second time that I had to release this in a broader audience than just me and my inner circle. And therefore, a lot of emotions came with that. For me personally, the emotions around shame, disappointment, embarrassment, around all of those things came up that I had to deal with and I had to process. Now, for those of you who may have experienced uh, similar experiences, for lack of a better term, if you find yourself triggered by what I shared, I would challenge you not to ignore it. 
growing up in my adolescence and my youth, and even as an adult, when I would hear stories about other people being abused, specifically sexually abused, I'd get triggered, but I would force myself to ignore it. And part of that was one, I, for a good part up until, I don't know, maybe about 10 years or so, or maybe a little over that, I was in denial that this had happened to me. So when I heard about it as it related to other people, my defense mechanism was I needed to distance myself from that information because I didn't want to accept the reality in my own life. I would say to those who are listening who do get triggered, please don't ignore it. If you're not at the place, if you're like where I was for many years and you're not at the place where you're ready to deal with it or you're ready to face it, that's completely fine. It took me 30 years to put this out in the atmosphere. And so I completely get it. I I understand. And if you're making the choice to not deal with it, that's fine. Just acknowledge that to yourself and then let it go and move on. And when you are ready, get support. Get help, whether it be from a trained professional, like a therapist, a spiritual advisor, whoever it is that is in your life that you trust with this information, this level of vulnerability, this level of nakedness, if you will. Again, I I wanted to put this warning out that one, this episode is not for the kids or not one that you want to have on blast while you're on the bus or somewhere public, but then also too, for those of you who are dealing with or have dealt with or are in the process of overcoming your own personal experiences, I do want to warn you that I share something that is extremely personal and violating that occurred uh, in my life. And I just want you to be prepared as you listen to it and know that at the end of it, if you are triggered, you have choices, you have options, there is support out there to help you. And if you're not ready to deal with it, like I said before, that's fine. Acknowledge that you're not ready to, to deal with it and then move forward. So that being said, one of the things that I also wanted to share about this information um, is that while what has happened to me and what I've experienced in my childhood was damaging, the point I want to make here is that God was able to turn those into purpose in my life. And it's part of who I am today. I, I share a little bit of encouragement in the podcast episode as well. And it's not to ignore or deny the atrocity that took place at all. But my focus is really on how I allow God to leverage what has taken place in my life to bring about good. And so for me, those experiences are actually what has made me an extremely empathetic and compassionate person. And so when people come into my life or they come into my circle, that is the gift, believe it or not, that has been birthed in me or through me based on these ugly things that have happened. It also allows me to be a much better coach for the people that I work with uh, personally, one-on-one, in work environment or whatever the case may be, because I'm looking past the issue or the challenge that they're quote unquote dealing with externally. And I'm trying to identify and uncover what's been triggered in them emotionally. 
and helping them to work with and deal with that so then they can see with more clarity what's really happening around them. And once they've cleared out the emotional space, they can focus on, okay, this is what I need to do from a tactical perspective. Had I allowed any of the things that I experienced as a child to define me, to hold me back, I would not be on this podcast right now. I would not be the person that I am today. And I would not have this innate drive to help others, to pull others out of their dark ditches so that they can be the great individuals they were created to be. I wanted to share that with you real quick so that you know exactly what you're walking into with this particular episode. And I also wanted to make it very clear that while these things happened to me, they are not me. And for those of you who may have experienced similar things, they happened to you, but they are not you. They are not the definition of what makes you. And there's help, there's support, there's healing, and there is space for you to be the great and awesome person that you were created and designed to be. That said, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to season one, episode two of the Journey to Becoming podcast. In the last episode, we left off with my journey to the U.S. when I was just shy of turning four. In this episode, I'll take you a little deeper into my home life and the challenges that I faced as a child that led to me becoming the person you can hear today. Now, I want to preface what I'll share with this statement. I by no means intend to shame, disgrace, or disparage anyone in my life, past or present. Additionally, I hold no ill feelings, anger, nor resentment towards anyone. I'm simply telling my story, and I pray that in me telling my story, it will bring healing and encouragement to others. Again, if you are completely new to me, I am your host, Sabine Gideon. I am a leadership coach, an author, and a speaker. And for the most part, I serve ambitious, mission-driven women who are in leadership. And I focus on helping them do three core things, identifying and overcoming their self-sabotaging behavior, because we do that. I also help them take action towards the goals they actually want to achieve and not what's expected of them. And then lastly, but more importantly, I help them unapologetically step into their leadership identity and power. And you can certainly learn a lot more about what I do on my website at sabinegideon.com. But for now, we are talking about the journey to becoming So in this first season, I've chosen to share my personal journey. I'm a firm believer that you can't take anyone where you haven't been yourself, nor should you try. So without further ado, let's get into it. If you recall, during episode one, I left off with me coming to America on that cold winter day in December. Also, I shared how the separation from My mother, as an infant, had created a hole in my soul that I ended up spending years looking for ways to fill. 
But it wasn't just that initial separation. It certainly sowed the seed, but her subsequent treatment and behavior towards me in the coming years is really what caused that hole to get bigger and bigger. And as the hole grew bigger with pain and disappointment from her and others, so did my belief that my life was worthless, that I was unlovable, and more importantly, that the world would be a better place without me, quite frankly. We'll get into that layer of the journey in a later episode, maybe the next episode. For now, I just want to dive into this, what I consider the second phase of my journey or the second phase of my layering, if you will, uh, in this journey to becoming me. So after arriving to the U.S., my father and I had to quickly learn the language, the customs of our new world. I mean, he had to learn English, learn how to drive a car. He had to learn how to work a job. And of course, I had to learn English so I could communicate with others for myself and them, uh, meeting my parents. And I also had to learn how to function as an only child, at least, you know, temporarily. This was especially the case because all of my siblings were back in Haiti. And so because my parents were working multiple jobs, I spent a lot of time by myself. I mean, a lot. I can vividly remember being left alone at home as early as five. Again, my parents were working, which I totally get, but it was either they weren't able to afford childcare at the time, or they really didn't think there was anything wrong with leaving a five-year-old at home alone for hours. And I mean hours. We ended up moving somewhere and I ended up staying with an old lady who was a caretaker. She lived right downstairs, so that made it convenient for my parents. But nonetheless, this time of being alone, this time of having to figure out how to navigate things by myself taught me how to be independent and how to get things done on my own. They also served as the seeds for many of the beliefs that I had formed and either had to reframe as an adult or let go of. We'll talk about beliefs a little more down the road, specifically how they're formed, when they're formed, and why they are formed, but also how to reprogram them once they are formed. But for now, let's continue with my story. While I did spend a lot of time by myself in the first couple of years of being here in the United States, right around the time I turned six, my oldest brother got his approval to come to the U.S. Naturally, I was super excited, super elated. My big brother was coming. I would have someone to play with. I would have someone to pay attention to me and also someone to just have fun with. So needless to say, my expectations were high. However, and unfortunately, that was not the case. He was actually very abusive towards me uh, physically, emotionally, and even sexually, to be quite honest. Most kids or, or people in general find home to be a safe place, but that really wasn't my story. And what made home life worse, if I really had to put some definition or some words to it, wasn't necessarily the abuse. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was horrible. That was bad. But really, my, my parents' inability, and in, in some cases, especially with my mother, 
unwillingness to protect me from that. So my mother tolerated the abuse, at least the abuse she saw, right? She saw the physical abuse. She saw the emotional abuse. Obviously, the, the sexual abuse didn't happen when people were around. And I was so afraid to tell on him, first and foremost, because he was my older brother. And secondly, I was scared of him. Um, and when it came to my father, you know, he he certainly wasn't tolerant of abuse in any capacity, uh, but my brother isn't his biological son. And therefore, both my mother and him were sure to remind him of that, which made it very uncomfortable for him to discipline. So my father's way of protecting me was really just telling me to stay away from him. Um, and under normal circumstances, that would have been great and easy to do. But guess what? When they were out working, guess who was watching me? There's about a seven year difference between us. So it wasn't uncommon to be left at home with him and having to deal with whatever mood or whatever it was that he wanted to do in that moment. So between the abuse from my brother and my mother's coldness and lack of blatant care for me or my well-being, the imprints of what I guess most would consider a damaged human being had begun to form. Luckily for me, my saving grace was that I was a smart kid and I did well in school. And because of this, I got to participate in activities and be around other kids and their moms, like the ones who participated or volunteered in the PTA, or that's what they used to call it. And as I think about it, it was the exposure to a different lifestyle that gave me the hope to even believe that regardless of what my situation was, regardless of what my home life was, uh, and no matter how crappy it was, that I could one day change those circumstances. It was actually, in fact, the crappy experiences that fed my desire to do and be more than what I was seeing and experiencing in my household. That's not to say I didn't experience my fair share of damage from all of that, but I never let it stop me. In fact, I used it as fuel to become the person you see and hear today. Going back to that layer of the journey, it wasn't long before the abuse taking place inside the home extended outside. And I found myself yet again being treated as an object for someone else's pleasure. I share more in detail in my book, but basically between the ages of six and 10, I was sexually abused, including being gang raped multiple times by close relatives while in their care. Now, it's taken me years to even acknowledge this truth about my past, let alone even say it out loud or put it in the book. And to be honest, it's still hard to admit and acknowledge. But I also recognize that it's part of my story. It's part of my journey. It helped shape the me that you see today. I'm not proud of it, but I'm certainly no longer ashamed of it. I lived through it, and by God's grace, I'm here to tell about it. I choose not to see myself as a victim, but rather an overcomer. And by choosing to see life through this lens, 
I've been able to take the things that I've experienced, the dark things, the horrible things, even the wonderful things, and I've used it to help support me in becoming the version that I am today. I understand that this is a little heavy, so I think I'll stop here for now. That's not to say that there aren't other Valley experiences that I have to share with you. I'm sharing because I think it's important that I share it. In sharing, it takes the sting of shame, the sting of embarrassment, the sting of worrying about what people are going to think about me. It takes all of that away. And so therefore, I get to stand in my own power and my own authority. I, I want you to walk away uh after listening to this episode, encouraged and motivated and not down or sad. I know I can't control anyone's emotions, but I, I do want to make it clear that my sharing this is not for sympathy. It's not for pity, <laughs> damn sure not for pity, but to give you hope that no matter what it is that you've gone through, no matter what it is that you've experienced, that there is another side to it, that the chapter does not define what happens at the end of the story. As we're focused on this podcast being the, the truth of what success looks like and what it takes, many times the people you see and that you admire and that you cling to, they have dark stories. They have similar stories. I remember Oprah sharing her story around being sexually abused and, and all the things that have happened to her. And not that sexual abuse is the only bad thing that happens to people or the only form of negativity that people experience, but it's certainly not the greatest. So know wherever you are, whatever you've experienced, that it does not define you. It is not the end. It is a chapter. It is but a glimpse and a moment of time. Yes, you need to heal from it. Yes, you need to get the support that you need to let go of it. But at the end of the day, Use it, use it as fuel in whatever capacity and whatever means that makes sense for you. So now that I've shared that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Please do tune in to the next episode and I'll share a little bit more about exactly how I use those experiences to transform the trauma that I experienced uh, and use it as fuel for designing the life that I'm living today. Before I let you go, though, I would love it if you would subscribe, if you would download, if you would like, share this podcast and leave a comment on your ahas or your thoughts on what I've shared so far. Also, if you're curious and, and you want a little bit more details about my journey, please feel free to go over to Amazon.com and grab a copy of the book in either Kindle or paperback. I will include a link in the show notes below so that you can access that. And then lastly, if we are not connected on social, let's get connected. I am on LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. I have a profile on Twitter, but I am not active on Twitter. I'll warn you now. Nonetheless, I want to hear your, your stories. And I also want to get a better understanding of what your takeaways are from me sharing my journey. So again, feel free to download, subscribe, comment, 
uh, and share with your network, get the book, and also let's connect on social. Until next time, I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and you're listening to the Journey to Becoming podcast.